I wonder what's on the tube. Welcome back. Thank you for being a friend. What you talking about, Willis? You are a meathead. No soup for you. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Sitcom My Face. I'm Nick Franco, and always with us, Jay Bidwell. What's up, you sexy son of a bitch? Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm upright, so that's that's a good thing. You made it. <laughs> I made you it. You made it. You didn't have the COVID, but you did have some shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know what the hell, but <laughs> soon to be determined, I guess. Yeah. How, how you doing? Uh, it, it, can, can you taste again? I can't, I just got it back the other day, dude. I was at Woo. work actually, and uh, for a whole week I was cutting onions, no issue. I started cutting some onions and just started bawling, and I was like, I can't smell again. <laughs> and then the next day, I I forget what I was eating, but I was like, Oh my god, I can taste it. Nice. Which is why I got actual beer I can actually taste. Ooh, what, 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 what you drinking tonight? This is some Founders, uh, I think it's called Centennial IPA. Oh, sweet. It's a local, I mean, Founders is all oh, around yeah. the country Oh, no, yeah, no, but, like, uh, yeah, Founders is very well known. Actually, the, the people that... Uh, industry there. The other couple that I made friends with in Jersey when I was out there, mm-hmm. the ones that I stayed with when I saw you last. Right. I met them at a, they had a, a brew bar where they had drafts from all over the country from different microbreweries. Right. And I walk the first time I met him, I walk in there and I was like, oh, yeah, I like IPAs and stuff. Give me something you think I've never tried. She pulls out a Founders, which is right down the fucking road from my house. <laughs> I was like, um, yeah, I'm from there. Can you get me something else? And then we kind of, that's how we chit chatted and like bonded over. Oh, it. So sweet. It and, and, and that was the place that was across the street from the um, the uh, the theater in Atlantic Highlands there. the um... They live on the same fucking street. I was there for a Kevin Smith thing. That's how I mm-hmm. met you. Yep. And they live on the same fucking street as the Quick Stop. And and now attached to it is the podcast Yeah, that's the, the, the Smod Castle. Smod Castle, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Sweet. Kevin Smith bringing people together. Oh, yeah. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Turning the world on with a smile, you might say. <laughs> Was that for a you segue? Know what? He's gonna he's gonna make it after all. He's gonna make it after all. He he sang that song after his heart attack. Well, we got another good one tonight. Yeah. Speaking of, you're gonna make it after all. <laughs> Shit, bro. I so my schedule changed now, and I volunteered to work. They're like, well, if if you want to work Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, you know, you lose your weekends, but you get three days off. I said, fuck yeah, baby. I'll take that. <laughs> nice. That's the schedule I worked last year, and it's so nice, dude. You think two days off is enough until you have three days off, and you're like, yeah. Ooh. No, I I, I, I get you. <laughs> so now I think my new thing is going to be when we record on every other Tuesday, I'm just going to binge all fucking day. And that's what I did today. Sweet. So would you like to tell the people what show we are talking about if they don't know how to uh, how to read the title? Or look at that image below. <laughs> Yes, yes. This is not some kind of weird, uh, funky eye chart, uh, multicolored eye chart. No, th- this is the My- Mary Tyler Moore show we're, we're talking about today. Mary, T- I used to watch this on Nick at Night as a young child. Yep. Another one 
that you wouldn't think would appeal to a kid, but there was something about this show I always really liked. I, it was very comforting for me. Mm-hmm. I think maybe because the character, I mean, they're all adult in a newsroom, adult characters, and they're they're very real. I think even yeah. compared to most shows we watch, these feel like real people. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't feel like, okay, yeah, p- people aren't really like this. No, no, you could you probably associate certain people with, you know, certain characteristics of these characters. It's, it's very easy. Mary Tyler Moore, of course, from the Dick Van Dyke show is where I knew her other than this. Yeah, yeah, yeah same uh, she here. She was Pe- uh, Rob Petrie's wife. What was her name on there? Uh, L- Lori Petrie. Laura, Laura, Lori. Uh, I think it was was Laura. Laura Petri. Yeah, I think you're right. This show was on from 70 to 77. I used to watch a lot of these old shows with my grandparents. Yeah, and and, and I'll say I was actually alive for the beginning of the show. Not not, 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 not very old at that point. (laughs) You old fart. Yeah, I I probably wasn't watching TV at this point. Pro- Good lord! Pro- probably wanted my bottle, so uh... <laughs> you probably wanted some of Mary's bottle. <laughs> Didn't you make some dead Mary Teller Moore joke a few episodes ago? I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know about that. I, I feel like you made some callous Mary Teller Moore joke. We were like, "Oh God!" <laughs> this was 168 episodes, though. 24 per season, seven seasons. I I don't think you could talk about this show without talking about the cast immediately. Amazing yeah. cast. Totally amazing cast. I, I I think pretty much, yeah, just about everyone. Like what when you mention them, it's like oh oh they're from this. Oh wait, they're from this. They're from this. And like they're so recognizable, not just from the Mary Tyler Moore show, and th- that's also had a few spinoffs too. You're blurry, like you just watched The Ring or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh not no! You I did. did. Hold on. <laughs> Okay, how about that? Maybe. Not bad. Maybe. Uh, you're still goofy looking. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> oh, nothing's so, going to prevent that. You know, that's not so the you camera. Got, uh, Mary Tyler Moore as Mary Richards, I think your yes, last name Mary is. Yes, Mary Richards here? is the character in the Mary Tyler Moore show. And uh, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna guess, because I wasn't there like you were, but probably a pretty important character for females back in the 70s. Yes, very much. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, here, here was a, a real career woman. I was going to say working girl, but that sounded different in my... Oh, what, 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 what was that? <laughs> I was going to say working girl, but I was like, wait, I think that means hooker. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it was also an 80s uh, movie, too, so... Uh... Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> so th- th- there's your fallback right there. <laughs> Single, too, which I don't know yeah. how how important that was in the 70s. Maybe not as much as it was in decades prior, but... Yeah. No, but but she was like a true, like, independent, career-focused uh, woman... That has moved out to Minnesota. Uh, she's getting an apartment and looking for a job. You know, th- th- this will lead into actually the pilot episode here. She she gets a uh, an apartment from the character Phyllis uh, Lindstrom, Lindstrom, who's Cloris Leachman, the great Cloris Leachman. Yes, yes, the great Cloris Leachman, who, who you will know from TV and film. <laughs> So she, I told you we have to do Raising Hope. She was the grand, like great great grandmother. I, 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 I gotta so check that out. Funny. It, it is available so on funny. Hulu. So <laughs> yes, I think yeah, it is. It is in the pilot, which I didn't rewatch. I have seen it before. I have the uh, the. Th- I only have three seasons of this on DVD. Oh I'm no! <laughs> only <laughs> I only three? have three of the seven seasons. So in the pilot, where does she move from? Yeah, that's what I wasn't totally 
sure of the one thing i was realizing i was like this is like the only show where a lot of a lot of um sitcoms they'll be play like take place where the actor is from right especially if it's a comedian comedians always seem to want to rep their hometown yep she was i guess born in brooklyn uh, uh, you're talking about so i just wondered if they mentioned Mary that Tyler she Moore. came yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wondered if they they mentioned that in the pilot that she moved from Brooklyn I, or anything. You know what? I'm trying to remember. I I, I do want to say she was from out east. It may have been actually New York. Okay. In the pilot, she talks about uh, she had a boyfriend for a couple of years. He was a doctor. He was uh, doing his residency. She was basically waiting for him. So basically, oh, okay. You know, like we well, yeah, once he finishes his residency, yeah. We're going to settle down. We're going to do finish the residency and nothing. So basically. She said, at, Sayonara, sucker. So basically, yeah, she yeah, breaks up and she moves out to Minnesota. She uh, re- rents an apartment, the, the lower apartment, and her upstairs neighbor is Rhoda Morgenstern. So we should say we're working. Uh, we usually pick three episodes throughout the series today we are actually because i mean i've seen the show quite a bit in my life but Mm -hmm. i wasn't familiar enough to be like these are the episodes we need to hit so we're going from a a list from screen rant yes of the top 10 episodes so strangely most of the shows i feel like we've done this for are shooting you like season one and two yeah but did you notice that this list is all like season four five six yeah i I think there was seven I i think there was a three in there as well but so, but yeah, this like, this like go around. I didn't early, really watch any of the early ones. Yeah, yeah, it's not really the early ones that they pitch you there for the best ones. But mm-hmm. I thought it would be best anyway, just to I was like, oh, okay, let's you know see what the pilot consisted of. Mm-hmm. How was the pilot on your revisit? I I, I thought the pilot was good. You know, like g- good setup. A stat, does it establish the entire station, all the main characters? Uh, well, not all the characters that we'll see throughout the thing, because you will have another character added in, I think, season three, which is Betty White's character. Mm-hmm. But, um, but which is the reason we're covering the show is three of them. This past were, year, we're lost in 2020 there. 2021. Sorry, I forgot what year it was. Yeah. T- yeah. 2021. We lost three of them. What was it? The year before we lost one of them. It's like, yeah, it's been. Pretty bad when it comes to the Mary Tyler Moore Yeah, Morgan. Gavin McCloud as Murray Slaughter, yes. the greatest freaking sitcom name. <laughs> Who the hell is like, this guy's name is Slaughter? Well, he, he, like he knew the hair band uh, was going to come out in the 80s, so you know, like he was getting ready, you know, big fan. We lost Ed Asner and uh, Betty White, so yes. I figured this would be a good time to talk about this show. Strangely, when I was looking for... Uh, Mary Tyler Moore on Hulu, which it is on Hulu. If you want to, if you want to partake, mm-hmm. I think we just talked about the Golden Palace, that Golden Girls spinoff. Yes, about how yes, I saw it wasn't that available, available anywhere. It's on there now. Yeah, I, I was like the Golden. Wait, Golden Palace. Wait, <laughs> it's like I mean, it was only one season, and yeah, you can watch it on Hulu now, and that's that's pretty cool. We might have to hit that soon because I I have never really I don't remember a lot about I, it. I, but. You know what? I never watched it. Like I. Yeah. I I really enjoyed Golden Girls, but I, you know, it's like it's like Golden Palace all of a sudden like just like came and went. And I'm like, huh? And yeah, it was already Take gone. Take the Golden Girls and add Cheech <laughs> and, uh, and Don Cheadle. Yeah, and Cheech and Cheadle. And uh, actually, wasn't it without um, Dorothy? Right, without B. Yes, Arthur. Yes, B. B. Arthur was the reason that the Golden Girls ended. She was kind of over it. Yeah, yeah. So the other three. 
There was a weird thing I read too, based on um, uh, when they were doing the Golden Girls. Betty White, they wanted her to play Blanche, I guess. Yes, I, I did because read that. of her because of her character on Mary Tyler Moore. Mm-hmm. She's very sexual, very uh, yes, 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 very she- sexually progressive for that time. I think. Mm-hmm. So of course, Blanche on the Golden Girls is a very pervy character, but yeah, they were like, why don't you try? Why don't you try this Rose character? And I guess she was kind of against it at first. Uh, but 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 she, she fit in so well as that character, yeah. like she she nailed it. Sounded like they were like, well, just do it for a table read, and we'll. See. And then they were like, that's it, bro, that's it. And now you can't picture it any other way. No. <laughs> but when you watch that, when you watch her on Mary Tyler Moore, you do see a lot of Blanche, a lot of that. Oh yeah, yeah, and and her character on Mary Tyler Moore is Suan Nivens, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, she she's the happy homemaker. So she has her own little, like, show that is produced on their um, TV station, WJM. And it's, it, it's, it's sort of like a, oh, okay, you know, it's a cooking show, but it's also like, oh, how to clean a dirty shirt. Uh, how, you know, like, <laughs> how to sew this. How to, you know, just every little thing, you know, for, for, for being a happy homemaker. Back, back you have Lou Grant who runs at least the newsroom. I don't know if he, I don't think he runs the whole station, but he runs no, the newsroom. Newsroom, yes. You, you got Murray, uh, who's Gavin McLeod. He is one of the writers. Mary is also a writer. Yeah, yeah, writer and uh, associate producer. Ted Baxter, uh, the great Ted Knight from, yes. I think, Caddyshack, maybe his biggest well-known thing besides Mary Tyler Moore show. Yes, and, th- and then for, you know, on the TV side, Too Close for Comfort. That that was his big deal. Oh, right. <laughs> Monroe. Who, he is probably the most cartoony of the characters on this show. Yes. He, uh, he he's very he feels real, but he's very he's very full of himself and uh, conceited in that way. Oh, that, very much, very 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 full of himself, but yet is probably uh, how do you want to put it in a, a gentle way? Uh, not, not 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 the not the brightest bulb on the tree. <laughs> we all know people like him. The only cartoony aspect is he's more vocal about it. Yes. We all know people just as dumb and just as full of themselves, but he's willing to just say, he'll say that fucking thing that makes you go, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> he's so good on the show, though. Everyone is so good on the show. Like, really, the, even the people they bring in, like when when they add Betty. Yeah. Chloris is amazing on here, and she she left for her own spinoff. Rhoda came and went to her own spinoff. Yep. And then I'm assuming because Lou's here the whole time, I think his spinoff must've started after this. Yes. His, his spinoff started right after. How long did his go? Cause Phyllis, Phyllis got two seasons. Rhoda, I think got five. Let's see. Lou Grant ran for, I'm trying to remember now. Am I wrong in remembering that was more of a drama too? Wasn't it was it? no, it, it, yeah. it was totally a drama. So it was, Strange taking the weird, same yeah. character and spinning it off into a different genre of show. <laughs> well, it makes sense. When we, as Right before we recorded, we were talking about one of the creators, James L. Brooks, mm-hmm. who is the man who gave us Taxi, and he's one of the um, main minds behind The Simpsons, at least early on. Right. If you look at his film work, we were talking about, it's so weird, all of the movies he's directed and written are all dramas. And he won, you said the Academy Award, three of them for Terms As of Good Endearment. As It Gets. Oh, Terms of Endearment. Yeah. Um, as, as Good As, as, as good It Gets, gets with, um, did win 
uh, some awards. Maybe Nicholson won for it or something. Yeah, I think something like Nick- that. And, and I think uh, didn't uh, Helen, Helen Hunt, Hunt? I think also could won. be. I remember that movie sweeping the friggin' awards that year. It was, must have been like what ninety seven to ninety nine. Yeah, somewhere in there. N- ninety seven. I think about ninety seven or ninety eight. So it's yeah, it's weird that this guy who's so well known for brilliant comedies on tv went on to do all these drama films Mm -hmm. well you like to touch on the theme song so what do you think of this theme song i i think it's one of the like memorable theme songs again the whole line yeah you're gonna make it after all although the first season it was uh slightly different instead of you're gonna make it after all it's uh you might just make it after all did you notice something real weird about this opening song this not even the song but the just the opening in general they don't credit the cast. They, ah, they, yes, yes. There's, there's The only credits are the creators at the very end of the song. Yeah. It's not like every other opening of, the sh- of a show it's where it's starring. like starring Mary Tyler Moore, starring, you know, uh, yeah, Ed yeah. Ezra as Luke. It doesn't do any and, of that. And it's all at the end. It's, they all are at the end. Yep. That's right. It's kind of strange. That, that, that's true. I like the song. It's a good little jingle. It's, it's catchy. It is. It is very 70s. It feels very oh, like... Oh, very much 70s. It's very calm, relaxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it makes sense. I guess it makes sense. Encouraging her character to... You're going to make it after all. Yeah. And then uh, what is always uh, in my head is the end also. Because they're playing now an instrumental version of that. That You know... Meow. Yeah. <laughs> we what we talked about on I think it was on the Andy Griffith one. We talked about how you can always recognize a show from the sixties, like that sixty sixties color. Yeah. This is very seventies color. Mm-hmm. There's something about shows that were filmed in the seventies. They have a certain real vibe to them. They, they they have a certain real vibe. You know, besides the styles, of course, of the you know, mm-hmm. the things, but just the color of the images. Yes, yeah, the color of the images. And I think uh, c- certain colors you f- find more in the seventies than you 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 see. Like I think you you'll find more beiges, more you know, like m- m- more neutral colors. Strangely enough, than what when you hit the eighties, like it's all of a sudden, oh my god, you know, like this is when the wood paneling took over, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and she had. She has one thing in her apartment that I've always wanted. I always thought it was so freaking cool since I was a kid. Every time I've seen it in a movie, and it's the drop-down living room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. The the drop-down living room with, like, the bookshelves underneath, and the bookshelves kind of hide the stairs. I'm like, yep. the only thing that her apartment is missing that I usually see, which I don't... Tell me if I'm wrong, but I didn't see the fireplace. Usually had the little fire thing in the middle. True, yeah, yeah. I didn't see one. But I didn't. I think the Brady Bunch had that too, right? Didn't they have a drop-down living room? Uh, let's see. Yeah, because you had the the the, the famous stairway. Uh, then yeah, I think you had a couple of steps down into the living room. I always love that. I want one so bad, especially with the uh, <laughs> with the movie collection, some extra storage. Oh, there we movies. go. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what you're, what you're saying you just need room for storage i just need more shelves bro i need built-in <laughs> shelves it's, it's like too much too much stuff out there i need more stuff to store it. i got all this all this is movies and all my books are in a box somewhere 
<laughs> it's like bookshelves are for it's like normal people would say books. <laughs> JJ says, I read Boys. a book. I read a book. I throw it in a box and I put it away. I buy a new movie. It goes right up there on display on the pretty shelves. Damn. It's the way I roll, man. <laughs> well, who's your favorite character up top? Okay. Favorite characters. It's I, hard on this show. You know what? I loved Lou Grant. Like that gruff. Yeah, he he's he's you know again he's still coming from a little bit of like an older time, making the change, uh, adjusting to again people like Mary, like these independent you know single women, you know career women. It's like so it's like to him like a little bit strange still. Well, being one of being my favorite movie of all time, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I got a real Bob Hoskins as Eddie Valiant vibe from him. And oh that, yeah, it's the I can same- see that. The gruff, but the you know the heart is in there. Like he oh, has his yeah. mushy moments. Mm-hmm. He really does love his his staff and his friends. They are. She says it in the final episode. They're a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think that he is a a great lead for all of these yahoos because he can be stern when he needs to be. Yeah, but he also has those moments where he wants to break down, and we'll talk about that in some of the episodes. Mm-hmm. We discussed tonight. What one of the things he told Mary when she told him where she you know got an apartment? He's like, oh, like you know, it's a it's a great neighborhood, a lot of great saloons. <laughs> that, that 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 was the selling point for that neighborhood, a lot of great saloons. Yes, he can often be found. This is this is a sign of greater times. They're long gone. Where he's just constantly drinking whiskey in his office. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He's always got a bottle of whiskey right in that drawer. Do we want to go down the the list of ten here? Start with the tenth one on the list. There, better late. That's a pun than never. Did you watch this one? I did not uh, watch that one, but uh, why don't you give us a, a quick synopsis? It is uh, it says tensions rise in the season four episode when Mary is working the late shift at the station. She and her best friend Rhoda Morgenstern write a fake obituary about somebody in the newsroom, and by mistake, it is given to Ted and read on the air. <laughs> Now, I think the error in this Screen Rant article is they say it was a, a late shift at the station. I think they were actually at her apartment when she wrote it. But either uh, way. Gotcha. Yeah. So this is strange because I didn't watch all the episodes in between. But one of the episodes we will get to. About the missing obituaries. Uh, the She accidentally throws away the wrong file and throws away the obituary file. And he tells her, you need to rewrite all these obituaries. And this is something I didn't really think about. But I bet you newspapers and news stations do do this like oh so celebrities are gonna die eventually let's have the obituary ready i never fucking thought of that i never thought of that either it's like oh yeah it's like all these famous people it's like yeah let's get it prepped and you know like you know and you just fill in whatever you need at the end (laughs) like i think she's writing the w's in this one so she's writing for uh raquel welch she's writing one or whatever (laughs) <laughs> um, and she just writes like she didn't drown. That's it, because she like they're like fucking around. And they're drunk and they're, they're tired, whatever. <laughs> so I wondered if it was continuity though, because the other episode where she has to write the obituary, this is like a season later. Mm. Like o- almost like that was the third season. This is the fourth season, I think. Okay. So I'm like, damn, has she been writing these obituaries for an entire season? She just got to W? Yeah, I was going to say, because like... That would be some insane continuity right there. Like, like, Lou was like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to, on your own time... Right, which is why she's at home why in the middle of the night, home. like 3 a.m. So I was like, man, if that is the continuity, that, that's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, to, to go from one season into the next. 
and remembering that, oh, yeah, she's got to f- fill in, f- fix all these uh, obituaries, <laughs> recreate. So it was Wee Willie Williams she who <laughs> she writes this ridiculous obituary for, and Ted reads it on the air, and basically he's like, Is that, tell me that's not yours. Tell me that's not yours. And she's like, it's mine. And he's like, well, I have to suspend you. I'm giving you a two-week suspension. He goes, most people would be fired for this, but for you, I'm just going to suspend you. And we'll call it a day. And she's like, no, I can't. I can't take a suspension. Either you fire me or you do nothing. And he's like, well, I'm not backing down. And she's like, I'm not either. And I didn't really, I didn't think this episode was that great. I mean, the the funniest stuff is right there in the beginning when Ted's reading the obituary on the air. And it's. I, I, I can imagine because the, the other thing about the character uh, of, of uh, Ted Baxter is he, he doesn't always r- read well. <laughs> <laughs> on air mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it this is a recurring theme on all the episodes we're going to talk about death death is mm-hmm. they is a joke on this show oh yeah and i love it i love the fact that there there's always there's always fun to be had with a death episode and they do a lot of it on here yeah especially in these 10 yeah it, it, in fact one of the top ones is yeah b- based on a uh, character death not not one of these characters but so the episode plays out, and it's it's really there's the the really sweet moment is in the office when he's trying to punish her. I don't want to do it, Mary, but I have to have to do it. You know, basically she quits. You you just kind of get a lot of them sitting in the apartment going, "I really want my job back," and then she runs to the office and is basically crying to get her job back. And you're like, it wasn't that satisfying toward the end there, mm. Lou. I want my job back. Okay, you got your job back. <laughs> the end. You're like. And I, I, I can imagine him saying it just like that. Okay, you get, you got your job back. He was like interviewing the replacement, and he just kind of sends her on a wild goose chase. I need you to take this down to so and so. He gives her like a coffee mug. She leaves, and he sits her, sits Mary back in her chair, and all's well with the world again. And you're like, oh, nice. Oh, okay. As bolts. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, call back to our last episode of uh, Night Court. Okay. Did you catch uh, the ninth episode on this list? A new Sue Ann? No, I did not. Like the the bottom of the list, I I didn't hit. This is one that the final act is so funny that you you it's it's worth the ride. Yeah, I'll probably catch you after this. So basically, uh, Sue Ann is Betty White's character, mm-hmm. and she is the like you said the happy homemaker, or whatever. She has her own show. And this young girl comes to Mary that says, oh, I'm your friend's, I think, sister, little sister. And I want to I want to work at the news station when I get, you know, when I get older. And so Mary takes her in and she she goes to a she's like, oh, I love I love uh, Sue Ann's show. So she goes to a taping and this guy who runs the station is kind of infatuated with her. And Betty White becomes concerned that he's kind of grooming her to become her replacement. Ah, and then the young girl begins an affair with the man who runs the station, and it becomes quite evident that mm. he's ready to kick Betty White's ass out of there, Sue Ann's butt out, so that the young girl that he's sleeping with can become the new. So the final act, uh, she's doing like a cooking segment, and Betty White sabotages her oh. to the point that she's willing to give the entire station food poisoning oh. just to get this girl <laughs> Yes, I, I, I was really going to say, the, yeah, the, the the character of Sue Ann Nivens, the happy homemaker, 
is is so great because she comes off like you know like oh as the happy homemaker she's so sweet then and but she is she's really evil <laughs> she's a bitch and it's so good it's so fun to see betty white as a bitch dude. exactly she she's so like yeah she's willing to like you know Give, give give the station food poisoning. She's willing to like break up a marriage, as we'll get to uh, in a, in a later episode. Uh, you know, she, she it, it's nothing to her. <laughs> you have Murray, Mary, and Lou in the office. They're sitting there. They they went to the cooking segment. And they all ate the food, and they're all like, "Oh man!" Well, he's got a great. What was his quote? He had a quote about uh, Murray's like, "You ever feel like you swallowed a hot mitten?" <laughs> Oh, he goes. You ever feel like you swallowed a hot mitten? And I think Lou goes more like a percolator. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "I'm sweating behind my ears. What does this mean?" And Betty White comes in, and she's like, "Oh, well, I think we have food poisoning." And she's like, "What? Like she she messed it? She messed up the recipe?" She goes, "Yeah, it seems like she left some uh, some cream out on the counter for that dessert too long or something." And Mary's like, I can't believe she screwed up by leaving out that cream. And she goes, she didn't screw up by leaving out that cream. She screwed up by leaving it to me. <laughs> so she was supposed to refrigerate the cream for her. Right. <laughs> and she she's like, you, you stood there knowing full well and you let all of us eat it? She goes, I ate it too, Mary, for the betterment of the show. And the funny thing, the way you just said that, I can hear Betty White saying, I ate it too, Mary, for yeah, the betterment like, of the show. <laughs> and so then we cut to to Ted, who's like all happy-go-lucky and doesn't seem to be affected <laughs> until he goes on air. And he starts reading the first story and he just gets that look. He goes, oh boy. <laughs> like, So you're like, I think the implication is that Ted shit himself on the air. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was really good. Oh, great, great. <laughs> oh jesus you ever swallowed a hot mitten <laughs> i this percolator i, I it's more like a percolator oh my oh, god so good. or he goes what, what do you say when he goes uh i have sweat behind the ears what do you think that means he goes we're in love <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, God. Yeah, I would highly recommend this one. I think that third act is one of the funniest. Just the, just that glee. you Because mm-hmm. you have Betty White in pain from being from poisoning herself <laughs> with a big old smile on her face because her plan has worked. It's really funny. Uh, uh, we move down to number eight on Screen Rant's list here. Mary Midwife. Georgette was a character that was brought in, I'm assuming, to replace uh, Cloris Leachman when she went off to do the Phyllis spinoff. She was kind of the new neighbor. Mm-hmm. And she ended up dating Ted. Correct. And, that... In fact, actually marrying Ted. Right. And so in yeah. this one, she gives birth to his child. Right. And you you said you're a big Raymond fan. Wasn't she on there for a bit? She was the... Um, yes. Was it Brad Garrett's wife's mom? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, Robert's... Um, wife Amy, her mom, and uh, that voice, and, 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 and the the dad was Fred Willard. She had that sweet voice, that real soft voice. I was like, 
Georgia Ingle, that's her name. Yes, Georgia Ingle. Yeah, it's like, and it's like, just that way of talking. It's like, very, very soft, very high. It's like, oh, no. It's like, (laughs) she was in a lot of, like, I think she was another person that wound up on a lot of uh, game shows back in the day, like a, a match game PM and such uh, back in the old this days. This is where I knew her best from until she showed up on Raymond for those. Mm-hmm. She wasn't, in, I don't think she's in a lot of Raymond episodes, maybe 10 or something, something like that. Uh, it might have been a few more. Like, again, once Robert and Amy start dating and that and meets the parents, and that they did bring them back for multiple uh, occasions. And this is, we talked about the typical pregnancy episode of a show. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and we went into actually on our uh, watch along about how you couldn't even say someone was pregnant back in the day from from so being in the, the Ricardos. in the decade decade and a half since we've they don't care anymore They're like hey right. we're pregnant yep that's and we're giving birth in the same room no <laughs> <laughs> there's a side story of uh, Mary is kind of concerned about Lou's weight so he's he's real upset that she thinks he's fat and there's a lot of uh, fat jokes in there oh god and uh meanwhile she's having a dinner party where Georgette goes into labor ah and it's called Mary Midwife but I I mean I think Lou does more of the work than, <laughs> than really Mary <laughs> do. should be called Lou Midwife I don't know but you have Ted, who's terrified. He's he won't even go in the room that she's giving birth. He's a hot mess. <laughs> so they kind of they kind of pick up the slack for him. At that point, you think she'd be like, "Fuck you, dude! I'm not, you're a piece of shit." But she's like, "Nope, I love you, honey. Okay, here's our baby. Whatever." <laughs> Again, not a super eventful episode. I think it's probably only on this list because it's like Ted had a baby. Yeah, it, it, it's it's an event episode. Yeah, you know, like right. one of those. Yeah, you know, like you know, milestone, if you want to say. It's like, oh, okay, this is the, you know, birth of, and and, and I love who, what, what, once the, uh, you know, once we get to the last season, in fact, the last episode, we get to see who this uh, baby turned into, and I, I love that one, too. <laughs> then we move to number seven on the list, which is Ted Baxter's famous broadcaster school. You didn't get to this one either? No. <laughs> this was probably my second favorite, and again, it all comes down to that third act. <laughs> so this guy approaches uh, Ted at the at the station about like oh, we got all these broadcast these up and coming broadcasters and what if you had a school where you trained them and da 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 and he basically talks everyone into investing into this big school and it turns out to be a scam. <laughs> so everyone at the station is all excited. They're doing there's whole like second act is about them getting their itinerary ready and we're going to train these people to become the future broadcasters of America and it's going to it's a school with Ted's name on it. He's like huge. And they show up in this one one banquet hall at like a hotel, and there's like 150 empty seats and one guy sitting there. <laughs> it was the one man who bought the damn uh, tuition <laughs> for 10 weeks of training. Oh, my God. And they're like, where's everyone else? Yeah, he goes, well, you're 10 minutes late. What are you doing? He's like, oh, they all left because we were 10 minutes late. And he goes, no, there was no one here to leave, you know? Damn. And they're like, well, I guess this is off. And he goes, oh, no, I paid for 10 weeks. I'm, I'm getting... <laughs> so then they end up doing this whole presentation, which is really funny. Ted's up at the podium giving this presentation to one guy, one really enthusiastic guy who wants to be a broadcaster in the audience. Oh, it's so, And they're all just kind of sitting behind him like, what the fuck are we doing here? And, you know? and of course, the, the irony of Ted giving presentation on being, you know, 
uh, like a you know, broadcaster be- being the, uh, the the great newsman that Ted is. It's like everything <laughs> Ted says, everything Ted's and Ted is still speaking to he's speaking to the entire room, even though the only fucking guy is right in front of him. <laughs> So he's walking stage left and just like, oh, so you guys can hear me over here. You know, he's walking over here. <laughs> this one guy has a question every two seconds, right? He's raising his hand. And he's like, every time he asks a question, he passes it to another one of his faculty behind him. So he's like, <laughs> are you gla- grading on, uh, or what's the passing grade for this course? And Ted just goes, uh, blue. <laughs> Lou's like. He like stands up and walks to the front and he goes, We'll probably go by a class average. You know, like he's, And this guy just keeps asking oh, it's so funny. This guy's just got question after question. And Mary's just like, Who is this guy? Like who? Now did you know yeah. who it was that played this character or uh it was like it was a guest star. I don't think he was famous or anything. Okay, I, I was like wondering it. Yeah. if it was like someone that, you know. Yeah, I think it was just some character actor in the audience. Yeah, it was pretty funny. And like Mary had a date with her, so this poor guy stuck up on the stage too, just sitting there. Like, what the <laughs> hell's going on? He thought he was going to this big banquet, and then so Ted closes with some line like, "Oh, and in closing, afterwards we will have you know cookies and punch in the next room, and we'll probably divide into smaller groups so we can get to know each other." <laughs> yeah, it was good. And, and again, just play, playing to Ted Baxter, it's probably from everything he prepared, like everything he wrote, <laughs> yeah. he, he's going verbatim of what he... Oh, yeah. yeah but it, it doesn't affect his speech in one bit. Nope. There's only one man sitting there. <laughs> Freaking to smaller groups. <laughs> <laughs> so number six on the list, uh, will Mary Richards go to jail? It's okay. So there's a story that Mary writes for Ted. And it's about political corruption. The police show up and are need to know, where did you get that information? Yeah, who's the source? Who's the source? You need to reveal your source. And Lou is all about, well, first of all, Ted immediately fucking points to Mary. He's like, she, she's my source. I don't know. Okay, who's your source? So now it's all on Mary. And Lou is like, well, freedom of the press. The First Amendment protects us. Mm-hmm. You don't have to reveal it, whatever. We'll fight it till the end. So she decides, I will go to jail. And take this, and I will. I will never give up my source. And it's okay. It's it is weird. Some of these higher end episodes are not my favorites on the of the ten that I watched. But mm. I um, there are some very funny moments. I don't know who the two women in jail with her are. Okay, but they're these characters that are very funny, and they're hookers who are. <laughs> with her. So there's a lot of kind of innuendo type jokes. Wait, uh, I thought you said it was working girls. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes because <laughs> she says something like i'm just doing my job and they throw me in jail they're like us too honey you know <laughs> she's like it's my first time here and like oh you could have fooled us you know these real they're they're very funny uh, little guests i don't know who they were but they're funny uh and then of course lou comes in and he's he's so distraught that he's now got mary sitting in a jail cell that he he changes his tune and he's like, I don't want you to, I don't want you to lie anymore. Just, or just tell him who it is. Don't, don't, don't worry about the amendment. Just mm-hmm. tell him who it is, so you can get you, we can get you out of here. And it doesn't really seem to resolve, because she's like, No, I was gonna do it anyway. You didn't tell me to do it. I was gonna do it. 
And then they kind of end it with like, well, she'll be out of here on bail in a couple hours. And I don't, I mean, maybe the next episode gives you the like conclusion, maybe of, the continuity. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't seem like, hmm. yeah, I, I, I was wondering, it's like, okay, so did she give up the source or is it, yeah, just a, she does. I mean, in here she, it's basically, well, you'll be out on bail in a couple hours and then we'll deal with it later. So maybe the next episode did, but I didn't watch that one. So okay. it opens with Lou Grant. <clears throat> Like, oh, feel my, uh, was it lymph nodes? Uh, yeah, like, like the glands, yeah. The glands, yeah. And are they swollen? They swollen? And they think he has mumps, which also doesn't really go anywhere. <laughs> and the mumps storyline doesn't really seem to go anywhere, but it's like, um, they keep talking about, well, you know what happens when a grown man gets, he's like, I know, I know, I know. And they keep, and it keeps coming up. So I had to Google it because I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And it said that uh, mumps in adult men can cause infertility and shrinkage of your testicles. Oh, wow. No, I, I, Jeez, I'd never uh, heard so that I one before. <laughs> and this was the first one, I think, because I was kind of watching them in order. The first one I noticed Georgette show up. Okay. Other than that, yeah, so the Lars affair. First of all, how great is it to see Cloris Leachman and Betty White play together? Yeah, definitely. So, two of my absolute favorite women, <laughs> I think, in comedy. And particularly in this episode, the, the whole thing is Cloris Leachman, Phyllis, is looking for her husband, Lars. Apparently, he took... Betty White, Sue Ann, home. From this party. From yeah. the party. Uh, Phyllis is waiting up late at night because, you know, like, oh, Lars hasn't gotten home yet. So, you know, she, you know, she's with Mary. You know, like, uh, she, she gets a call. It's like, oh, I, I, I knew he would call. It's like, oh, apparently they were driving and uh, the car broke down. Had to get a new fender. Luckily, they found a 24-hour... A 24-hour body auto, shop auto that body had shop. to be... Uh, happened to be uh, close by and uh, I guess like like a diner or something. So he, he and Sue Ann, uh, you know, like stopped at this diner while the car's being repaired. <laughs> the, 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 this is the story. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty clear to us that uh, they're having an affair. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's not only to us, but what starts happening is... At the uh, station, it People starts start spreading. See, yeah. The, yeah, I think Ted says he sees him come out of her uh, dressing room. Yes, yeah, see, sees Lars coming out of the de- dressing room. Phyllis is wishing that her husband had mumps at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Good callback. Um, hey, it's so fun to watch these two, uh, especially in that final scene when they're kind of, she's kind of confronting her about it. Mm-hmm. And they're both they're both um, trying to be like proper, which is kind of funny. It's not your typical women ripping each other's hair out, and they're no. trying to be so proper and polite yet confront each other about her cheating husband. It's kind of it's kind mm-hmm. of funny. And yes, yeah, he has a souffle. Uh, Betty White has a Sue Ann has a souffle in the oven. Yeah, a, ch- a chocolate souffle. And she's worried about any little movement will make her souffle collapse. So of course, in that in a moment of rage, Phyllis runs up to the oven and opens and slams, slams. Shut the oven door, <laughs> causing her souffle to. Why would you do that? <laughs> There's no need to resort to violence. Violence. <laughs> She's got this collapsed souffle, and it's really Mary who solves the problem. Of course, she comes in and basically is like, "If you don't stop, I'm going to tell the whole station or whatever. It's going to get everywhere." Right. She's like, "Oh." Well, Even though that, it was already spreading. Right. So Sue Ann's like, well, in that case, I guess it's over or whatever. 
And Phyllis yeah, no, has. I, I think it was. It wasn't just like okay, it's going to spread through the station, but basically she'll lose her program. I think was also part of like sort of the ultimatum by yeah, virtue of that. She'd lose her show by proxy of losing her uh, reputation. I think. Yes. Yeah. Which I mean, everyone who knows her knows she's a floozy, but the people mm-hmm. watching her show don't. Right. Yeah. Uh, she, she has the facade of the happy homemaker. And Phyllis has got a little bit where she's like, "Do you have a, do you have a way to take out chocolate stains?" She's like, yes. And she goes, good. She splats her with some Splat. of the, the chocolate souffle. <laughs> the, the thing I noticed in this episode is, uh, Jesus Christ, these wide-ass ties. Oh, <laughs> did, God. Did you notice their ties are, like, freaking as wide as their chest have them, especially Yeah, I, I, I remember ties like that. Like, I never wore them, but, yeah, I remember on shows in the 70s that that was a common... Uh, <laughs> The other thing, Lou had a a billion dollar idea there. He basically invented cops. Yes. He's talking about um, putting a news camera in the back of a cop car and recording a live arrest. Embedding a reporter with the cops. Right. And it's apparently failing as the beginning of the show happens. And he's blaming Mary like, I can't believe you said that was a good idea. You know, you agreed with me. Yeah. So, and then something happens to the point where she's like, oh my God, do you want me to get a news crew out there? And he goes, we don't have to. Because he has the cop or the reporter in the car with the police. Yeah, but because the ongoing uh, piece is, it's like, oh, it's a bad idea because the neighborhood that these cops deal with is one of like, I guess the, you know, no crime, no, you know, like there's not a lot going on in that neighborhood. So you, you wonder if the people who created the show Cops watched this episode and were like... Yes, Mary Tyler Moore is like, hey, that's a good idea. Because how long has friggin' Cops been on now? 30 years? God, yeah, it was on a long it had time. To be, I think it started in the late 80s. 80s, I think. Like probably 88, 89, at least. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it might have been mid-80s, in fact. Lou Grant created Cops. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> this was an okay episode. It's got its moments, but I didn't think it was amazing. Yeah, I, I think the confrontation was, like, like pretty funny because, like you said, here's these two, again, fantastic, like, actresses that they're confronting each other, but it's not, like, your typical Jerry Springer type of fight, like, oh, let me get to you. But it, it's, it's sort of, like, kind of, like, passive-aggressively right. <laughs> confronting each other. Yeah. Every time, I noticed every time Betty White sits in that couch on her set, she automatically mm-hmm. starts crocheting. Yes. Like it's like uh, just a habit or if it's just like, I don't, I, at first and this one, I thought it was like a, a defense thing, like not paying attention, but she does yep. it even when there's not confrontation. So it's like, nope. yeah, they, yeah, she always does that. Yeah. She, she sits goes in that same couch. seat and just goes right to her crocheting. <laughs> yeah. Just a brilliant, a brilliant cast all around. Even when the episodes are kind of uh bland story wise, the characters are so fun that you get, you, you always get a little bit of comedy out of everything. Yeah, and and I, I like the way that though this one ends though about you know they 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 ask Phyllis if everything's okay you know w- with her and Lars, and uh, she gets a call from Lars. Oh, you know he's just checking in. Like it's like oh yeah he's been doing that. You know like checking in like every like fifteen yeah. minutes or so. I don't know so, where he know. got that idea. Yeah, I don't know where he got that idea. And then right after she hangs up with you know Lars. She calls the office to say, oh, yeah, so please tell me, Dr. Uh, uh, well, that's the thing Dr. is she Lindstrom. forgives him. She forgives her husband for having an affair. Yeah, yeah she, she completely forgives. But again, it's a passive aggressive forgiveness because 
basically now it's like, yeah, I got eyes on you. So she's, she keeps telling the, the people in his office like, oh, yeah, when uh, uh, Dr. Lindstrom is available and that, yeah, t tell him to call home. <laughs> so like every 15 minutes, he's basically calling home to check yeah. in. <laughs> I feel like women would fucking riot in, in a show nowadays if the woman forgave her husband for this shit, though. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I totally get it. It's, it's a different uh, mindset. But it's it's also you know this character Phyllis is a different character too. Like she, she is a bit naive, like at, at at times a bit clueless. I don't remember Phyllis much. I don't remember that one rerunning a lot. But uh, the show, the no. spinoff show, no, it only ran I think two seasons. Yeah. So in the final episode of this, they they mentioned her husband died. So I wondered if he died yes. on her show. Oh, that's possible. Or if maybe maybe that was the catalyst for her show. Maybe she's widowed at the beginning of the Phyllis spinoff. I don't know. Yeah, that that I'm not sure. We'd, we'd have to uh, take a look at that one. Maybe someday we'll get to those. I don't know if those are on Hulu or not. Rhoda probably is. Uh, yeah, I think Rhoda is, but I don't know about uh, Phyllis. Uh, I, I just looked it up here. In the new series, Phyllis and her daughter uh, moved from Minneapolis to San Francisco after the death of her husband, Dr. Lars Lindstrom. Okay. There we go. So that, that is the basis of the show. So the next episode we have on the list, uh, number four, The Dinner Party. The Dinner Party. Oh, which, another which, fucking which is, dinner party. Yes, another fucking dinner party. And that's kind of brought up in the episode. This says, uh, in one of the more famous episodes, The Dinner Party, proves that the Mary Tyler Moore show had one of the best casts in television history. Mary never hosts successful dinner parties, so she's determined to change this when she hosts a party for Congresswoman Margaret Geddes. She only has six chairs for her dining room table and only six portions of veal. Yeah, so, so it is brought up in this episode that <laughs> Mary Richards throws bad dinner parties because now we, we just went over the, the, the Lars affair where, again, Lars takes Sue Ann and, you know, like, is cheating. So that happened uh, at another uh, a dinner party. Oh, you, you think they were calling back to episodes with that comment? Because he says he, his wife left him. Lou Grant says his wife left him. Yes. One. Was that an actual episode? Dinner party. Yes. That... They mentioned it actually in the Lars affair. They, they, they mentioned that, like, he him, like, kind of splitting up with his wife in the Lars affair. At, you know, so uh, was that an from, actual episode then at a dinner party where she left him? That, I'm not sure. That, that you know, I, I don't know what episode that was. So Ted, Ted ends up being the odd man out. She only has six chairs at her dinner party. So Ted is not invited to the party. But who had the date? Because we get a, we get another uh, TV royalty guest star here before I think yes. before they were even big, right? Yes, it was. It, it was before that show had hit it big. So we get uh, mm -hmm. Henry Winkler shows up. Whose yes. date was he again? Rhoda's. Rhoda's date. So yeah. I I had to look it up because he looks so fucking young. Oh yeah. So it's like, this was seventy. Him, this like episode was seventy four. I think the fourth season there. And then Happy Days started the same year. Yeah, so basically, yeah, he went from being a guest on <laughs> Mary Tyler Moore Show to... Or I guess the fourth the season Fonz. could have been 73, because it started in 70. So maybe 73, even. So then Oh, the, true. Yeah. True. So yeah, the, Henry Winkler, before he was even big, but he kills it in this episode, too. He's very funny. Yes. They ended up just and, sitting him at a, like a kitty table across the room, because they don't have room at the dinner table for him. Yes. He's like, can somebody pass the salt? You know? 
Tell me this when you watch this episode. This is the only one I encountered it with. The frame rate was fucked on this episode. Did you get that? The, yeah, stu- the was, stuttery was, image? Yes. It, it was weird, and I was wondering if actually that uh, you had run into the same I thing. I thought my internet was fucking up when I was watching it. To the yeah, point I, where I, I paused it for a minute to like let it buffer, and it wasn't that. Yeah, I, I thought it was a buffering issue on Hulu or like or my internet going on as well. There but must I have been have some damage the to the original episodes. negative or something because it seemed like they had to do something to it to yeah. correct it. Because, yeah, there's some real jittery. It's not super noticeable unless you're really watching, but it's it's kind of jarring in a couple scenes where they're kind of... You can just tell there's frames missing in between. Yeah. So I'm sure there must have been just some kind of damage they cleaned up or something there, but it was mostly noticeable when Ted and her are talking at the office. Yeah. That's where I noticed yeah. it the most. But I did notice here and there throughout the rest of it. But yeah, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> but for the most part, the show looks really good. Yeah. I'm sure they restored it in some way because, I mean, it looks HD anymore. I don't know the exact process you go to restore these old shows, but so many of them look so good. On Yeah. Like it, when we were watching like the Honeymooners, even like when, it, when I was watching the DVD, which DVD quality these days is not great. But I'm like, wow, for a DVD image, this looks really good. So your Blu-ray yeah. must have looked fucking incredible. Oh, yeah. No, it was nice and crisp. <laughs> but but uh, do, do you remember how Ted found out about the dinner party? He was in Lou's office, and it was on Lou's calendar. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> when meeting with Lou, he, he's made it a habit of like like looking at his calendar and and, and reading reading, and reading upside, upside down. down. Yeah, it was a skill I've learned. I read upside down. But I just love that he plays. He kind of plays it off at first, and then as it approaches, he becomes a sniveling little. Please, you gotta invite me. You gotta. Also, we have Sue Ann, right? Who's basically wormed her way into being the cook for the night. Yes, but is so, trying to give Mary credit for it. So yes, but now okay, now you have another seat taken because. Sue Ann is cooking, but then pretends to be just one of the guests at the dinner party. So now, yeah, another chair is taken. Someone's like, oh, what's for dessert? Mary doesn't even know. She's like, oh, does that yeah. smell like a, whatever the hell she said? Some kind yeah, of fruit pe- pe- uh, pe- pear uh, pears, or something? Baked uh, pears or some shit? Yeah, baked pears something or other. I forget I forget what the uh, the finished thing, but the, uh, the the main dish was the, the veal. A veal prince something. Prince. Veal prince Orloff. Orloff. Veal Prince Orloff. I love the relationship between Mary and Lou when, when he takes three servings of veal. Yeah. And she's like, I gotta talk. Come here. She like pulls him aside and is like, you can't have three servings of veal. There's only enough for the people the, here. There's only six servings. <laughs> right. Look, there's only... So he's like, he's he's kind of like parental in that way, like always protecting her, like, okay, I guess he goes back to the yeah, table. Yeah, and he's, yeah, goes back to the table. You know what? I'm not as hungry as I thought I was. And then basically <laughs> puts, puts it back on the platter the and just kind of like pats it back in place. Like, <laughs> here you go, Mary. You fucking... <laughs> Anything to yeah. appease her. Yeah, because when it comes to him first, he excitedly just like takes like a few portions off. Well, even in the... You say you didn't watch the jail one, but there's a moment in the end of the jail one where Lou comes in and he's like, I'm so proud of you. I could, I could... Ah, never mind. She's like, what? What, Lou? And he's like, I could hug you. She's like, puts her arms out and he goes, no, 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 I'm not a huggy kind of guy, you know. 
<laughs> and he starts to walk away and he turns back and he looks at the like the two prostitutes next to him and they turn away like at the wall and he walks up like looking around make sure no one's watching and gives her like a hug and then he like lets go <laughs> real quick yeah can't, can't ruin the reputation right right <laughs> And then he leaves, but yeah, so he's got he's got this real like soft spot for her, which is kind of cool. They never tried to do the romance thing, hopefully on the show. <laughs> no, actually, I think there was an episode. I, I saw the um, the thing for it, but I I didn't get to watch that one yet. That, Louis that, that's and Mary, fuck. Yeah, th- I don't know exactly what it's supposed to be. You know, like if it's a case of like mistaken, like. Oh wait, uh, like does, does this person have feelings or something or or what? Or you know, like yeah, I don't know God, what I the thing, not. but because that that parental vibe yeah. with the, with him is so good. Yeah, exactly. So to to put that there is kind of, uh, but I you know I'll I'll check whatever episode that was and just to see okay what what's the deal? If you are a Mary Tyler Moore show uh, fanboy or girl, you let us know. <laughs> you let me know which episode Mary and Lou fucked. <laughs> this episode was well, all right uh it has again funny moments the cast always pulls pulls you through the show yeah oh and and ted shows up at the dinner party yes. at the end because the crazy thing is the dinner party as opposed to all mary's other dinner parties is going swimmingly well like <laughs> other than lou trying to take a few portions everything else is going well they they take their desserts to the living room where they're gonna sit down, you know, have dessert, have you know, have some drinks, and that's when a knock on the door comes, and it's Ted, and then he sad starts sack Ted. Just, oh, sad I brought sack you Ted. some sherbet. I brought. I thought maybe you forgot dessert, so I brought you six servings of sherbet. <laughs> and then she's like, "Okay, you sure you don't want to come in?" He's like, "No, no, no. I'll be outside if you need and, anything." And she slowly yeah. closes the door, like you know. Keep keeping an eye on Ted's face, like no, 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 no. I was like, "What are we gonna do? Close the <laughs> close yeah, she's not gonna me. shut the door in my face, are you?" Oh, <laughs> she opens it up and he comes in, which is funny because at this point he is with Georgette because yes. he he mentions earlier that he he was like, "Oh, I'll just leave her at home." Yeah. Well, even when he shows up here, the dick does leave her at home then because he yes. doesn't even bring her to the fucking party. <laughs> he could he could be having a good time with his lady. Exactly. Instead of fucking wallowing in the hallway outside this dinner party and then not even bringing her to it when he decides to crash the party. <laughs> so uh, episode three is put on a happy face. Happy face. <laughs> this is uh, uh, basically everything horrible that could happen to this poor woman happens to her in what the span of a day, maybe a day basically, and a half. Basically, uh, uh, yeah, maybe maybe two, two days. I think. Was it? She woke up late. She went. She got a flat tire on the way to work. She gets to work and what was it? She yeah. She fell and hurt her leg. All this shit piles on. She gets sick. Her hair's doing some weird shit. Right? Is that the one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, it it starts making a bump in the back. Yeah. Can't quite get her hair to set right. And and then uh, I, I love the fact of Rhoda comes in to talk with her something happened with Rhoda like like she met a good guy and this it's like their 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 fortunes shifted yeah <laughs> like Rhoda's like don't worry the universe will correct itself at some point and I my life's always got to be miserable and Mary's like 
can't you let anyone else be depressed for a minute? Like, <laughs> you always have to like it's a one-upmanship with how terrible yes. her life is all the time. Yeah, it, it, it kind of reminded me like you know like um, what was that? Is Rhoda uh, kind we, of the old Jewish uh, stereotype where everything's horrible? Well, yeah, I could I could see that, but I was Morgan Stern. Uh, she's got to be Jewish on the show, right? Probably, yeah. Who? Some comedian had a. It was he was a Jewish comedian. He had a joke about. He's like, you want to hear a Jewish joke? And they're like, sure. And he goes, I was walking down the street and I saw this rabbi. And I said, how's it going? And the rabbi goes, good. That's the joke. Because <laughs> the rabbi would never be like, oh, I got this thing in my back or whatever. You know, he'd never be like, I'm good. <laughs> so that's kind of the vibe I got from Rhoda throughout this. And she's always got a, he's always complaining about something, even when things are fine. Mm. I, I definitely can get that. This is the episode two with the obituary thing. Yes. The, pre- where, the predecessor to the other episode where she throws away the wrong file. Correct. <laughs> Which apparently she writes these obituaries for an entire season because Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I think the the way Lou describes it is like for the next two weeks, you're, you're going to like. It was longer than that. Time. It was, yeah, it was lo- definitely longer than that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. That was more than two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Or, or, or time doesn't work the same in the uh, Mary Tyler Moore reverse. You know? And uh, Ted keeps like, hey, there's an award show coming up where I guess she's nominated. And uh, I guess a couple of them are nominated. Mm. I think. Was Murray nominated too? I don't remember. Anyway, so they're, they're going to this TV award show for um, the, the, the network, or the channel. And Ted keeps going, oh, I got this great date for you. He looks like a more handsome Robert Redford or something. And she can't decide. She's she's kind of talking to this guy, but he's kind of flaky, this and that. So finally, yeah. she decides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's trying to get her own date. Right. And it's not quite <laughs> working out. He's flaky. And then she calls some other guy and, oh, you're married now. Oh, okay. You know. So she calls up Ted. Oh, okay. I'll take you up on your guide. And he's like, April Fool's, it's me. You're going with me. <laughs> and he shows up and, and she's she heard her another bad thing that happened. Her dress that she was going to wear was ruined by the cleaners. I look at the guy go, there's a big black blotch on the bottom of this, like, gown. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, that can happen when you uh, perspire. It's <laughs> <laughs> like it, a giant of, ink stain. What, what, while, while he's still there, she's like, well, I, I'm going to you know, speak to the manager. Like, So she calls up the cleaners. I'm going to call your manager. Like, okay. And he's like, give me the yeah. number. And she's like, thank you. And he gives the number. Oh, he's out? Oh, he is. And she hangs up and he goes, turns to him. What are you going to do about it? Hey, so what are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah. Basically, he is the manager delivering the clothes. Yeah. She goes, you're a terrible cleaner. He goes, I know. Why do you think we deliver for free? Or something. <laughs> yeah. So they go to... So, so, so oh, Ted comes to pick her up and she looks like hell. It's <laughs> like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll wait while you put on uh, your, uh, your your dress or whatever. It's yeah. like, this is my dress. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm ready to go. He's like, well, who who puts you up to this, Mary? <laughs> and she's like, oh, he's like, it's raining outside. Oh, I forgot my umbrella at the station. Do you mind if I share yours? He goes, well, as long as you stay under your third, I got a brand new tux. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Your third. Yeah, he goes, you stay under your third. <laughs> you gotta that's how you gotta impersonate his voice right you gotta get a little deeper a little more condescending mary lou <laughs> oh my god so he goes but, in and he's he introduces her as his sister because he doesn't want to yes. think they're on a date 
date. She's like, oh, there's Mr. Grant over there. Let's go sit down. He goes, oh, you go ahead, sis. Uh, catch up. He doesn't want to walk with her even. Yeah, so it, it, it's it's Lou and uh, Murray uh, sitting at the table. And she's also now wet. <laughs> yeah. Her yeah, mascara is so, like yeah. run a little bit and she's got her eyelashes falling off. Mm, yeah, her hair is you know, just a mess. <laughs> and then what happens? They're well, presenting they're, they're, the award. They're, they're giving out awards. Uh, of course, the, for the newscaster, like this other newscaster gets it because it's also for the, I guess, the greater metro, uh, Minneapolis uh, area, metropolitan area. That's what these uh, news awards are for. And so, so some other newscaster other than Ted gets it. So <laughs> he goes, oh, we say like that, that bastard. I can't believe you won. And Lou's like, you weren't even nominated. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought I would win the water, the write-in vote. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, he was. I was really counting on the heavy write-in the vote. Write-in vote. <laughs> <laughs> but but then yes, for 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 uh, producer for you know, like the uh, six o'clock news, whatever. Yeah, Mary Richards <laughs> is. And she does not want to go up on stage because she's so embarrassed, and basically her whole speech turns into I don't usually look like this. <laughs> really. You have to believe me. Like, okay, psycho, whatever, dude. Yeah, so, yeah, it, it, there wasn't much of a speech but that part, just kind of explaining. Which is funny, because I do remember um, it was one, it was an award show where somebody, you know, all these celebrities are in their extravagant gowns, and I think some woman writer won. And she come up and just kind of looked real plain Jane compared to all the other people, and you're like, yeah, she's a writer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ain't got your fucking millions to go buy some amazing diamond encrusted dress, motherfuckers. I'm just coming up here in my little suck it. Yeah, I don't watch much uh, award shows like anymore, like when I was like young. But I, I always loved when there was somebody that completely thought, oh, they have no chance, so they're not exactly like you're saying, dressed to the nines. And it's like, and the winner is, <laughs> it's like, oh shit. <laughs> going up yeah or when they linger too long on the clip like when quentin tarantino spit up his drink when ben affleck <laughs> won for argo i think it was inglorious bastards was up against argo or something i think so yeah and they were they were on <laughs> they were on fucking quentin tarantino <laughs> and they're like, like the winner is ben affleck he's like <laughs> <laughs> spits on his fucking they cut away real quick oh they had Tony Danza was talking to some uh, new local news station, and he didn't know that he was live yet. Oh. So Tony Danza's sitting there, and he's like, he goes, what the, f-? he goes, I thought this was like a morning show. This is a local news show? He goes, Jesus Christ, he's talking to his agent or his publicist or whoever the hell's with him. And he's like, this is, he goes, I hate this crap. He goes, it's just murder and mayhem. It's all these people do. And the woman's sitting there like, Tony, can you hear me, Tony? She can hear every word he's saying, but he can't hear her. <laughs> and they fade in and fade out a few times like it went on for a long couple of minutes. <laughs> he's just like, I don't want to do this, Susan. I don't want to do this. This is I hate these people. He's like, I hate that this is I hate the news. These people are all murdering me. Oh, I'm gonna go down and watch the people bleed to death. And all of a sudden, she's like, Tony, can you hear me now? And he goes, Oh yeah, yeah, I can hear you. And she goes, Well, no murder and mayhem today. And he goes, Oh, you heard oh. me? And she goes, all of it. Anyway, he goes on. The- <laughs> you see Tony Danza. He goes, oh, I'm serious. He goes, I don't. He goes, I'm not saying it's, you know, wrong. She goes, it's my job. He goes, oh, no, I'm not mad at you for doing your job. You just admit it once in a while. That murder and mayhem. It's all you do. And she goes, 
okay, Tony. And like, it was so fucking awkward. <laughs> oh my God. I, I got to look that one up after this. <laughs> That's a moment you could see happening on this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially with Ted. Two is a very funny episode. Chuckles bites the dust. Yeah. A, a lot of people consider this one of the funnier Married Child Moore episodes. In the season six episode, Chuckles Bites the Dust, everyone at WJM-TV is surprised when the station's longtime funny man, Chuckles the Clown, dies in a circus parade. You hardly ever saw Chuckles, but you heard him frequently throughout the show's seasons. Oh. Maybe in the, in the newsroom when they're watching the, the broadcast, perhaps? Maybe, yeah. During the funeral, Mary can't control her laughter. So this is a, <laughs> this is a very funny... It does the sitcom flip-flop, as I like to call it. Yeah. So you have this this clown in the station who dies, and they talk about it in the funniest of ways. There's a lot of dead clown <laughs> humor. Yeah, yeah, dead clown jokes. <laughs> but but also, it's, okay, premise, the, the circus is in town. They have a parade. Ted wants to lead it, but Lou said, no. Ch- Chuckles the clown got the, uh, you know, you know, got to be the grand marshal of the parade. And, and, and lead everything, but also this leads to Chuckles' demise. <laughs> he dresses like a peanut. He says <laughs> and, he, and, he showed up at the parade sh- dressed like Peter the Peanut, and an elephant tried to shell him. Shell him. <laughs> this was a, this I, was very funny. And the whole episode, everyone's cracking all these jokes about, these, these clown jokes about him being dead. And Mary's like, you stop it, you stop it, a man is dead, the whole, the whole episode. She's so I, I she's so upset I, at everyone's like um, insensitivity. I I, I want to say I think the person that was the most like you know like making the most jokes though was was Murray. Yeah, M- M- Murray was like in Lou's office, and they they cannot stop laughing. And I'll be honest, like with some of the, the ways yeah you know, like some of the ones that he was throwing out there, I I, I was cracking up. And then they go to the funeral. <laughs> this or, or or it's more like kind of like the wake and the. Yeah. The, you know, the, the priest there, like, you know, doing a... Old Ted folds himself and goes, if it was my funeral, this place would be full. <laughs> and George asks, like, why do they always send flowers to a funeral? And Su- Sue Ann's like, what, do you suggest fruit? Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of ironic now for edible arrangements. Yeah, right? <laughs> Where's the rest of the clowns? And he goes, oh, maybe they're going to pop out of a tiny hearse. <laughs> yeah, a tiny hearse. <laughs> So now, now the roles are reversed. Everyone's kind of gotten out their chuckles, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're they're enjoying the funeral. And now everything the the guy says, Mary can't help but laugh. Yeah, like the priest is talking about the different characters that people loved of Chuckles, like like you know Peter Peanut, and you know like <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like she 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 starts like like a like a little yeah. chuckle herself, and then, after telling everyone the whole fucking time not to be laughing about it's like, this, it's like the moment that it matters, the moment it matters at the funeral, she cannot hold it back. She she <laughs> lost it. <She's> like, <laughs> and he's like, you you ma'am, he's like, you stand up please, and she's all embarrassed. And he's yeah, like, you want like- you want to <laughs> laugh, don't you? And she's like. <laughs> And he goes, Chuckles would love that. He lived to make people laugh. Uh, yeah, it, and she it, breaks it, it, out. 
Yeah, it's like it's like yeah. He he hated to see uh, uh, people cry. You know, like his whole thing was to make people laugh. So go ahead, laugh. And she's like, <laughs> she starts crying again. <laughs> At that point, she starts breaking down crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a fun episode. It's and again, we talked about this show with their death humor. They have very dark humor when it comes to death. Oh like yeah. That. And I think that 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 does feel like a James L. Brooks thing because if if we're talking about The Simpsons and Taxi, oh yeah. Both. Oh no! They, they the, those shows actually, yeah. A little bit of that dark humor when it comes to death, mm-hmm. which I love. I mean, it's no Santa Claus parachuting dead in the backyard like Married with Children, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh hey, he's got coupons. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, this is a fun one, and um, the last one. Ironically, this, the last show. Last show. <laughs> the last episode of the show. Is apparently ranked number one on this list, and I think it's a good finale. I think for yeah for the I, type of I, show I, this is, I think it works pretty well. I agreed. And when it comes to like um, not just sitcom, but just TV show finales, this is actually one of the ones that's ranked usually among the higher ones. That okay, they did the finale right. Well, it's good because it doesn't feel like a different show. That's usually the problem I have with a lot of finales is that they try too much. And it yeah, doesn't they try to cram stuff in. And, it doesn't always feel like the same show, mm-hmm. which is not what you want in the end, you know? Yeah, the, the head of the station is making cuts. Well, and they sold the na- they sold the station. So it's yeah, like, it makes sense owner. in this conglomerate world of ours. They're like, someone else bought the network and they're probably bringing in their own motherfucking people. So guess what? Yeah, they time think to make cuts. They they're calling in Ted first, and so Ted's got this whole thing about like, oh, you guys, you know, if they're gonna fire me, you know, you tell them you'll quit too, and and then we'll all stand together, and they can't fire anybody. Well, they go into the office, and boy, oh boy, were they wrong because instead of firing Ted, they fire everybody else, everybody <laughs> except Ted. Oh, and going into the office, Ted is not alone. <laughs> When when Ted comes in to, to 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 see the big boss, it's not just him. It's him. It's uh, what's it, Georgette? It's his son. Who? who? What? What other famous character did he play? He is cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch. Oh. The famous cousin Oliver that oh. they brought in yeah. late. Yeah. The seven <laughs> of the Brady Bunch. Yeah. We talked about seven and married with children. You had Cousin Oliver, and I think they were both, uh, those might have been the top two on TV Annoying Kids. Yep. Oh, yeah, no, but yeah, C- Cousin Oliver was his son. Also, yeah, Georgette was there with the baby, and he even brought his dog <laughs> to, to show everyone that depends on on Ted Baxter. <laughs> so, yeah, he breaks off into this big thing about, like, well, they were willing to stand with me when they thought I was going to be fired, and... I'm going to stand with them. And he's like, well, we were really hoping you'd stay on. And he's like, I'd love to. Like, <laughs> yeah. So now he, Ted's going to be the only one that stays at the network, which is kind of funny. Yeah. And, and the and one who is ironic. the least competent is the one who keeps his job. Correct. Welcome to fucking America. <laughs> Welcome that, to that about fucking America. <laughs> Ted fucking Baxter. I wonder, I wonder if there was some idea... Because they must have had an idea they were going to do the Lou Grant spinoff. Right. I wonder if there was ever an inkling, maybe we'll do a Ted show Ted here. Baxter, yeah. And we can bring I, in a new newsroom cast or something. I wonder. Because I, 
I wonder how long was it after? How long was the other show after this? Like that was late eighties, mid eighties. Oh, 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 what? Uh, too close for comfort. Yeah, I think that might have been early to mid eighties. So then he died shortly after that, right? Uh yeah. I'm trying to remember uh, when uh, Ted uh, Knight died. I don't feel like he made it to the nineties. I think he died in the eighties at I, some point. I don't know. He might have just made ninety and then, yeah. So, yeah, sad to see. Um, it is weird watching this show when you... I, there was a scene where they were all together, and I was like, man, these guys are so good. And then you're like, they're dead, that one's dead, they're dead, that she's dead, he's dead. And like, fuck! It is kind of heartbreaking, you know? It is. And it then is. you see this finale, and you're like, man, look at them all! <laughs> look at them all, they're so fucking good together, and they all hugging, and you're like, damn, they're all fucking dead. Yeah, and it, what's what's crazy is, as we were saying, it's like, okay, last year... We lost three of the cast members. I think the year before we lost Cloris Leachman. The year before that we lost um, Georgia Engel. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay. So basically, yeah, the first one to go was Ted. I know. Ted um, was it John Amos came on the last season? I think he was in a few of the last season. I don't know if okay. he was. I don't know if he was a super regular, but I think he was in a bunch that last season. So I think technically. He would be the last one because <laughs> he's still alive, oh, right? True. Yeah, yeah. I believe John a- uh, Amos is still around. Of good times. Yes, of good times. Damn. That would have been damn. Sorry. Uh, actually, that might have been right after he was killed off on off in good, time. in good times again. Damn, damn, damn. Yeah, I bet you he came on this right after he was killed on that show on Good Times. Yeah, for money disputes or something, creative yeah. disputes. <laughs> No, I, I think it was a con- contractual. I think it was a money uh, thing. But of the main characters, yeah, the 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 one that went first was Ted. Then you had uh, Mary. Yeah, weird because I felt like her and Rhoda were kind of the young ones, and they're the, they died yeah. pretty early. Yeah, actually, no. Wait, was uh, Val- Valerie Harper? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think Mary, then Valerie Harper. They did a lot of um, specials, though, though, especially Rhoda and Mary. They did a lot of specials in, the, I think, starting in the mid-'80s. I think they might have had another show, even, for a minute. I, I think you're right. I have was to there a Mary and Rhoda show? I, th- I feel like there was. And I remember a bunch of, like, <clears throat> TV movie reunions or something. That That's quite possible as well. I Because they were pretty old in some of them in the late-'90s there. <laughs> Because, shit, I think Mary was born in the 30s, for Christ's sake. Oh, uh, Mary Tyler Moore? Yeah, yeah she was... Yeah, I think was... she was born, like, 36 or something. Yeah, because she was... So um... she was already in her 40s here. Yeah, and, and she was playing 30. Basically. Yeah. Uh, 36, yeah. December of 36. Yeah. Wow. I, this is a, I think this is a great show. It's, it's weird because it's not like... I, I, I didn't find myself laughing out loud a lot. But when that, I did, that's the weird thing. Yeah, it was so hearty, you know, like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's not the constant like, like what last week or uh, last episode we we watched Night Court. I think Night Court had a lot more laughs, mm-hmm. but like you said, much cartoonier. What, this is very grounded, very grounded. Yes, this was very grounded. You actually cared about the characters, not not. To say that we, you know, you didn't care about it on other shows, but you know, you really 
kind it's, of like it's a, it's a grew with the characters. Yeah, and it's all little character moments. Like you can you you really watch these people in a room together, and even when they're not speaking, you can just feel them making decisions. Mm-hmm. Like the, I remember a moment with Georgette, even who wasn't even one of my favorite characters, but there's a moment in one of the episodes where they're eating fondue, and Georgette takes her bread or whatever, dips it on, puts it on the stick, and she keeps losing the shit in the fondue uh. <laughs> every single time she dips it. So she puts one on there, and she puts it in, and you just see her pull it out, and she's like, and then she puts another one on there, and she puts it in, and the conversation just keeps going. <laughs> And then Mary gets up and she's like, would you like some more bread for the fondue? And she goes, I've lost enough. You know, like just these great little that shouldn't be that funny. No, but it's so fucking funny because you just seen her struggling for the last five minutes or whatever. And and you you can tell that there's a little attention to detail. And like I said, the crochet thing with Betty, it just feels like no matter who's talking to her, she don't give a fuck. Betty yeah. White in the show. Yeah, Su- Sue Ann Nivens was... Sue Ann just... It, she's she's the female care. Ted, really. Which is kind of funny, because Ted, in that one of the first episodes she, with her, he goes, My, Sue Ann's been hot to trot this whole time, and I had no idea? <laughs> the one where, It must have been the Lars affair, which is having the affair yeah, with... Yeah, I think so. He's like, she's been hot to trot this whole time, and I, had, I didn't do anything about it, or something like that. And you're like, how funny would it have been to see those two get together? Because they are oh, so God. similar. Similar, but Sue Ann wasn't uh, as... Um, She's more conniving than stupid. Yeah, she yeah she was more conniving. She wasn't as dim-witted as Ted Baxter. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this I, is a I, very I, good I, show. I, I, I got to say, like, yeah, I, as, you know, like, we've watched, you know, this is our 12th different um, sitcom that we've watched. This is definitely one of the better sitcoms, and on a lot of lists, this is usually among the tops of of all time sitcoms. The Mary Mary Tyler Moore Show, and I would be hard pressed to say watch watch an episode you'll fall in love. I would say this is a grower. I would say if yeah. the more you watch of this show, the more you'll love it. Agreed. We kind of agree on that. I yeah. I don't know. I, I, that, I don't know that it will grip you in one episode yeah uh, it's, so of it's these not 10, like oh you gotta see this episode and that's the one you're, you're hooked what would you of the ones you watch what would you say go watch this first you know what it, it, you, you want a good laugh you, you could watch uh, the uh, chuckles bites the dust mm-hmm. that the uh, that one's uh, good for a good laugh you know what the, the the dinner party i think is a good yeah, to really see the breadth of the characters, and you know, it's like, oh, okay, you know, to see how they all interact with each other, and I, I think that's a good one, like to to get an idea of the different ones. I'm gonna say a new Sue Ann, you gotta watch. Okay, just yeah, to I'll watch that. Watch that's this. the food poisoning. It. Oh my god, so funny, <laughs> and we're so recently saddened by Betty White's loss that it's a great, yeah. it's a great. Uh, showcase for her and her character and i would also say right after that watch ted baxter's famous broadcaster school (laughs) again it's just you have all of these and that's a good thing too is even when you have these episodes that showcase one character Mm -hmm. the supporting cast is always right there next to them so it's not like yeah you never feel like anyone's outweighing anybody yeah oh and and uh, just to go back to the last episode the 
the the famous ending of this show is the group <laughs> Ted, hug. Ted Bax, well, first the the group hug and like the, the you know, kind of the big group hug. It's like oh, there's tissues on Mary's desk, so the the group hug has to move along to get the tissues and move back. Mm-hmm. Then the other piece is. Ted Baxter's like kind of farewell to everyone. It's like oh, like a, a lot of my um, colleagues are are moving on to a new um, new endeavors and that yeah, and it's a long way to Tipperary. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, they start singing that song at the end. Yeah, and so at the end to leave the office, it's like I, th- I think it's Lou that starts it, right? I think. It's a long way to Tipperary. And then they all start joining in and they just start leaving. <laughs> and we get the typical, they all walk out. Mary's the last one there looking at the newsroom. And a lot of shows have this moment. The last mm. little look with your main character looking at the set. And they just flip off the lights. Light. And then you're. Yeah. It, it was it was just like a it's perfect a, little It's a ending. poignant little moment. And a lot of yep. shows do it. It's not, I don't know if this was. One of the early ones, but a lot of them do it. I got a question for you. So we mm-hmm. got a we got a Lou Grant spinoff. We got a Phyllis. We got a Rhoda. If you were in charge, you were like, "Hey, I'm going to give a spinoff to this." You have to write another spinoff of the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Which character are you choosing? Hmm. Another character for the Mary Tyler Moore Show. You got some good choices. There's a lot of good characters in the show. I know. Um, but you just can't do those three, obviously. Right. Now it's weird. Like M- Murray was one that. I don't think we got to learn as much about. He's great. He really, and hey, but but he's he's yeah. great when when he, he shines when when he, when given the he's the so time. he's so low key funny. Yeah, and just but those are sarcastic little quips he throws in there. He doesn't but, like he doesn't steal a lot of scenes. No, but he's always a fucking backbone of the scenes he's in. Yeah, I I think of the characters that uh like if I had to give another one. I actually, I think, though, would go with actually Sue Ann Nivens. <laughs> yeah, I probably would, too. Betty White's character, yeah. Yes. yes. Again, that conniving character. It's like, okay, now on to her next thing. It's like, okay, does she grow as a person? Or what other schemes and things you know, is she pulling at a new place? And I love, actually, in um, uh, which episode, where she's basically cheerfully chewing out <laughs> the people because the oven oh, wasn't on. Right. <laughs> And then the, the one, I think that was the same one with the camera, right? They didn't, I need three cameras to do a chocolate souffle. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I, I would like to see a Sue Ann Nivens, uh, yeah, spinoff if we, if we had the chance to go back again and do it. It was nice in the final episode there. We get Rhoda and Phyllis back for a few scene, a scene or two. True, yeah. They be, come back, even though they'd both left the show for their spinoffs, they came back for the finale, which is nice. Mm-hmm. It was also and- nice that they didn't steal the finale because that could have no that could have ruined it if they were right. if it was all about them coming back but it's not you get just enough mm-hmm. we get to take lou grant credit for lou grant too because at one point he says he worked for a detroit paper before he came there oh there we go i was like hey he's nice. a michigan boy look at that <laughs> or at least worked at the michigan or the detroit paper mm-hmm. so that's cool but yeah, I, I I really enjoyed the show. I, I I would definitely put it in the the higher ranks of our of what we've watched already. And as I said, it has gotten m- many accolades over the years, many Emmys. 
In fact, <laughs> we were also going over uh, Mr. James L. Brooks, one of the creators, uh, before, as we were saying before the show, and he had, what was it, 54 or 56 Emmys over time. Not all the Mary Tyler Moore show. But if you watch this and the and you compare it to Taxi, especially, which he all, was also his show. Yes. The, the character creation is so abundantly clear how brilliant the man was and how he tried. He, he must have really trusted these actors to develop these unique characters because mm-hmm. every character on Taxi, every character on this show, they do have a unique voice. Correct. Yeah, it's not all about, although like early Taxi, you, you could tell like, and it's like, oh, okay, they were focusing a lot on Latka because like, um, was it in the movie? I thought, he Man joined, on the mo- I thought he joined later, didn't he? Didn't Latka come in later? Uh, I, don't I don't know. know if if he, I feel like the first couple seasons were all about uh, Hirsch, was it Judd Hirsch? Yeah, Judd Hirsch, you know, like. Uh, and, and then Danny DeVito yeah, became the standout and then it kind of shifted to him. But because um, I think Judd Hirsch was the one that was famous before that, right? Of all of them, I think you're right. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, I think it was his show, right? When, when it was yeah, created. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He was supposed to be the the star the, of the show. The, or whatever. Yeah. Th- th- this is your, uh, yeah, the the analog for us. Okay, you're you're along with Judd Hirsch. Don't worry, yeah, kids. Like, we will get to Taxi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We we definitely got to get to Taxi because it, it has one of the greatest moments on TV. One of the funniest moments on TV. One one weird thing I did see about Mary was that she had because I was like I was like I never heard about any of her kids or anything. I wondered if they become actors. She had one son who mm-hmm. died in 1980. Ah, uh, um, I think he was 24 and he accidentally shot himself. Oh, one of his own guns. Yeah, I don't think it didn't seem nothing said it was on purpose. So I don't think it was suicide, but it said accidentally. Oh, that's. That sucks. And they said the irony was she had just finished doing a movie for which I think she won an award. Ordinary mm-hmm. people about a oh, gr- yeah. about a grieving mother who lost her mm-hmm. son. Yeah, that was uh, I think uh, 1980. I think ordinary people. So that was the same year he died then. Yeah. So she probably shot it the year before, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, one weird thing I did not fun fact did not know about. Uh, well, I guess not so fun, but <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I was <laughs> not, so say, fun not so fun, but, but a fact. <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, death one is of funny. our recurring uh, bits, the not so fun fact. Her son would have wanted you to laugh. Ah, <laughs> uh, her son chuckles the clown. No, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, he he was shelled by an elephant. Um, Man, yeah. So I I think we're both in agreement. Go. uh Get your Hulu uh, subscription updated and go watch some Mary Tyler Moore show. Definitely. And RIP to everybody, sadly. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> Again, except John Amos, who is still around. Yeah. But was one of them. I think he played What's that? Gord- I think his character's name was Gordy, I want to say. I think so. But yeah, like you said, he came in late. Very yeah, I think he's like last and, and, season. And, only. and what didn't seem to be like a full on regular character, but did have like several appearances. Yeah. Well, if it ain't fixed, don't broke it. <laughs> yes, yes. Gonna as keep JJ fucking says. shoehorning the fucking catchphrase until it sticks. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, we, we we have two things now. We have the our, our our saying, you know, like the if it ain't fixed, don't broke it. And now the 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 not so fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes, we will be building on these <laughs> odd things in, in the future. But um, oh wait, no, what are we doing next? Full house. Yeah, full house. Full house. Get ready in two weeks. Uh, another R.I.P. Uh, 
Yes, episode because yes, and 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 uh, after I guess that, maybe, after that, I guess we'll hit what WKRP in Cincinnati because we just lost Howard Hesman. Yeah, <laughs> who also in Clue, right? The end of Clue, one of my favorite movies. He's the Clue, and, uh, FBI or whatever, and 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 also was um, head of the class. Yeah, I wonder if that shows anywhere. That's a, that's a good uh, question. Yeah, that that would be an interesting one to uh, to uh, dive into. I'm not super familiar with WKRP either. I haven't watched it in a D- long time. So D- WKRP, I, I will say for for those that want to like start, I have an episode to start with though. <laughs> it's the Thanksgiving episode, the the turkey drop. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Sweet. Hopefully that one's on. Uh... We looked at that one as streaming. I think it's streaming somewhere. I, don't I believe where. it is. In fact, I think it may have also been on Hulu. So for next week, when kids, I was checking. make sure you catch up on your Full House, which honestly, I bet you, I feel like Full House is one that everybody has probably seen every fucking episode of anyway, right? Well, I, I'm in that uh, rare. That You're a little I older. Seen You're as a little many. older. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've Anyone watched... my age and younger, I guarantee they've oh, probably yeah. seen every episode of the show. Mm-hmm. But um, if you enjoy our show. And why would then, you? Like, then like, subscribe. You know, we're, we're out there on on your, uh, you know, like your podcast apps. Uh, check out uh, Jay's Twitter at uh, Bidwell Fog. Uh, t- uh, Twitch, uh, was it twitch.tv slash Bidwell Fog. And mine is, of course, if you're watching, it's uh, netnick191. And then if you want to check out our Facebook uh, page, it's uh, Sitcom My Face. It's uh, Twitter, we're at Sitcom My Face. And yeah. Gmail, it's sitcommyface at gmail.com. So we're out there, folks. Don't you get so, any of that poop in my beard either. <laughs> <laughs> good night, my friend. Uh, good, good, good night, Jay. Yeah, for Sitcom My Face, I've been Nick Franco. I've been Jay Bidwell. And we hope you'll sitcom, sitcom my motherfucking my face. face. Bye. <laughs>